coming to you live from an abandoned storage locker somewhere in Mesa, Arizona. You're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. And Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Boom shakalaka. Welcome in. It is the Important Nonsense Podcast. Steve Bonham and Neil Smith, as usual, special treat. It is our Thanksgiving special, so because we will not be doing our usual halftime show on Thursdays, if you're not watching, you should be. Every Thursday during the Thursday Night Football halftime show, we do Locked In, where we do player props from Underdog with our guys joining us here tonight so we can break down all of the Thanksgiving action tomorrow. Vishal Gupta, Mason Cameron. Uh, for Vishal, welcome to the show. First time. How you doing? How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. This should be a lot of fun. Uh, Mason, how about you? How you doing? Spectacular. Doing spectacular. I'm glad that we get to break this down in a big, long one now. Now they let right. us run loose, run wild. Right. You don't have to cram it all into 15 minutes. You can exactly. take your sweet time breaking this down. Well, Vishal is allowed to say whatever he wants. Mason, 15 words or less. <laughs> I'm, yeah, exactly. yeah, I'm yeah. long-winded as it clock. goes. So. Mm-hmm. so hit, yeah, I hit. think like 95% of our Thursday show is Mason's analysis of his face. <laughs> it really like is. That. And Steve has a has a has a music button to walk me off like the Oscars acceptance <laughs> yeah. speeches for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's someone off screen in Mason's room waiting with a hook uh, that every, old, every time we go live. That yeah. old Chappelle show wrap it up box skit <laughs> yeah, exactly. 20 years yeah. ago. Uh, <laughs> oh my yeah, God. That's what it is. And of course, Neil. Neil, how are we doing, buddy? It's another one. Now, this is a yeah. unique one for us. This is what, year five for season five of us doing the uh, the podcast. This is the first year we've actually done it on a Wednesday, though. Normally, we move it up to a Tuesday. Well, yeah, normally you to and make I sure are the, on the map. Yeah, to make yeah. sure that we uh, we accommodate the audio listener more. But uh, again, the live show, no, the it live just show suits our audience to do it the days, day guys. before. So. Yeah, hate to tell you, but the yep. live show. Welcome to the reality of producing content in 2021. Yeah, welcome to Video the Video wins. That's just go. how it goes. I mean, you want to watch it live anyway, because then you get, you know, we can't edit this out, guys. If something weird happens, if something gets crazy, you get to watch it live and we can't catch it. So No, and folks who do actually watch it got a taste of that a couple of weeks back when there was, let's say, an incident that <laughs> shockingly wasn't generated by me. With someone saying something that, that you're really not allowed to say. That's what we're uh, waiting for. Yeah. yeah. Normally, it's me. Anytime you put me in front of a live microphone is possibly the last time it's going to happen. Right. So, but fortunately, it wasn't me. And uh, it's interesting because you would think that the individual who made the faux pas in question would know better. <laughs> you would think so. You would think so. All right. That's, uh, but let's go through these games. We've got three games tomorrow on the slate. Uh, and we'll kick it off with the first game of the day. The one that'll really like set your palate for the day. It'll let you like purge so that you've got an empty stomach ready to go into your Thanksgiving dinners, just ready to eat as much as you possibly can. So bears lions, wow. what a disgusting, yeah, it'll empty out. what a disgusting, gross game. This is going to be, Ugh. Uh, Neil, what do we, what do you got notes wise for Bears for right. Lions? So before we get into the Lions, folks, which is what I know, I, I, I look, I go through all the numbers. I know what's popular and what's not. The draw here is Mason and Vishal. All right. So Steve and I are going to get out of this as quickly as possible. 
So we're going to break this game down and then we'll get into the lines, which is what all the degenerate gamblers who are filing in here really want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So in terms of bears lines, there really isn't that much in terms of things that redraft fantasy players would need to know. No, Justin Fields. That is material. I doubt you were starting Justin Fields, but it matters for what's left of the skill position guys. And I use that very deliberately. We're back to Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's going to start. Oh, Right, exactly. He <gasps> two touchdowns. Easy, easy last week. He's a star. <laughs> well, Vishal, you can – I know you're also a Bears fan. Steve and I are both bitter, bitter Chicago natives. Uh-huh. Uh, Bears fans by birthright. It has not been a pleasant ride. Nope. Uh, so feel free to jump in here whenever. But Andy Dalton's going to start. Mm-hmm. I, kept trying. I think it's I actually involuntary. I, I think no, it, it is. I can't get through it. That's just the reaction I have to it. Uh, however – this is reportedly Matt Nagy's last game as the Bears head coach. Reportedly. Long, long overdue, if true. And I uh, will say on that, George McCaskey had a meeting with the team today and said that the rumor is not true and they believe in Matt Nagy still. We'll see. Uh-huh. We'll sure. see. Sure. Uh, and I have a bridge that I'd like mm-hmm. to sell you in New York to use yeah. a literary reference. The, and, and we talked so, about this in our side chat as well. I think it's the most bizarre thing. Like if, if the plan and the intention is to fire Matt Nagy, no matter what, why not just do it? What are you waiting for? Yeah. It's going to be tough to do it. If they win tomorrow, like you're applying, win, you're applying yeah. conventional logic and wisdom that would make sense to a right. group of people that are devoid of logic and reason. And I also pointed that out too. Vishal was the fact that look, it would be the most bears thing possible if they were to lose five in a row, let him keep his job. And then as soon as he wins one, all right, you're fired. Mm-hmm. That would be the most bears move they could possibly make. It's, it's all based on the this arbitrary thing that franchises think that we care about their moral standing of <laughs> I didn't fire a coach until after the season. Like, we don't remember that, and we don't right. care. We Nobody see cares. that your yeah. team struggles and that you lack leadership, and you continuing to not move forward with that is a disgrace to your fans and your franchise. And more teams need to realize that, and it, they just don't. It's ha- It happens every single year where we hear a guy that's like, just on the hot seat, he's on the hot seat, and he's on the hot seat, and then we run into a situation like this where they're like, well, how can we fire him? He beat the Lions. Right, it's, yeah. It's just, it doesn't make sense. I think a more accurate report would probably be he's playing for his job because right. I don't know how you can fire him if they win, but if they lose to the Lions, he deserves to be fired no matter what. I mean, he deserves it anyway, but if you lose to the Lions, you deserve to be fired for sure. He deserved it the minute that he wouldn't give up play calling duties after it mm-hmm. was made immediately apparent to everyone with even a cursory amount of football yeah. knowledge that he's not good at it. That's the fireable offense here. Right. And far be it for me to ever agree with either Mason or Al Davis, weirdly. But uh, what I will say is just win, baby. There you go. It's actually very accurate. <laughs> it's all the fan bases care about and teams can say whatever they want, but no one cares. It's all down to, did you go to the playoffs? Did you win enough games to get me to the playoffs so that I can get drunk and then swear at you while I watch the game? That's your average football fan. That's it. Yeah, I just want them to win enough games so that we don't have to hear Giants fans talking about that pick all offseason. That's, that would be the worst. So just like, don't be a top <laughs> 10 or 15 pick. And I don't really care what happens the rest of the way. I'll yeah. give you that. And go and and beating the Lions would really help out with yes. that here tomorrow. Sure. A game you really need to win. Uh, just to wrap up the notes, Allen Robinson is listed as doubtful. By now, you have already likely secured alternative arrangements for mm-hmm. that. And on the Lions side of the ball, there is only one thing to note: 
Uh, it's Jared Goff is questionable. There is some optimism that he's going to start that game. I would argue that nothing Lions related matters. You were not playing Jared Goff uh, at all. And the only startable Lion is DeAndre Swift. There Correct. is no other startable Lion. That's it. It's yeah. one player. And if anything was to happen to that, maybe Jamal Williams would be startable. But even that would be borderline. So, so does that mean that you're completely done with TJ Hawkinson? Yes. Because, I mean, coming into the year, he was a top four guy. I'm I'm being facetious, and I actually misspoke there. So, yeah, TJ Hawkinson yeah, would yeah. be the other borderline startable lion that you would likely. But mostly but at this point, it's not locked in is the thing. It's not. It's also like he, you know, what else is there? Tight end is a barren wasteland. That's what yeah. I was just getting to. It's, yeah. it's by attrition. TJ Hawkinson yeah. still matters. Right. But he's been dreadful the last few weeks. No one can yeah. deny it. But, again, it's like. I guess if you could pick up Pat Fryermuth, mm-hmm. but like what else is available? Yeah. 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 Maybe and Logan it's... Thomas was available and he somehow gets cleared to play, but you got to make that decision in such a weird way that you're probably playing Hawkinson anyway. Right. So how's and that helpful? It's bizarre because you had, he had this whole connection at the beginning of the season with Jared Goff and they looked good and he loves throwing to the tight end because whatever it's what he does the checkdowns he doesn't like throwing the ball deep well, and he's incapable of throwing the ball deep but that's right. a whole different conversation he just they get into these voids where it's like he had 11 targets nine targets and then two targets against baltimore and then eight and then three and then 11 9 11 one with no catches and then tim boyle starts and he goes six for 51 he hasn't scored a touchdown since week two which is concerning but he's certainly getting the volume because I mean, like we've said, there's really nothing else. So it's, I would still play Hawkinson if I had him. Cause you probably have to, but you don't feel great about it. Swift no, is not. the only one you're playing and you feel good about it. Right. Right. And really the there's way nothing else. Like, are you, you're not going to play Khalif Raymond. You're not going to play no. any of that schlock. You're not going to play Amon Ra St. Brown. Although I would argue that for dynasty, he's the only one out of that receiver room that matters even a little bit. Cause maybe something could good could happen. Right. But and realistically, I'm curious, it, it hasn't been that long uh, that he's been there. But Josh Reynolds, seeing the connection with him and Goff, if that's mm. still there from their time together in L.A., how much the playbook has he picked up in the what has it been? Not even a week, right? Yeah, it's been like on the roster five there. days, something like that. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they picked him up at the end of last week and he wasn't able to play uh, this past weekend. So I, I don't know that that's that's another one that's a little interesting because he's young enough and he might have the connection. but. We'll see for redraft. How, no, it doesn't matter. Well, I was going to say, and what's funny about this, how little any of this matters. Mm-hmm. You're talking about this morning game. This is the, the uh, epicac effectively to clean you out, to get mm-hmm. you ready for Thanksgiving properly, get all that bile out and yep. we'll start fresh because that's how little this matters. You're talking about functionally. How many fantasy starters are even in this game? Total David Montgomery, Deandre Swift, Darnell Mooney, TJ Hawkinson. I guess. Right. Keep going, guys. I got the big four. No, if that, even if that. Yeah. I mean, in so, some of those, in some of those occasions, hopefully you've got some other. Like we were talking about Allen Robinson. Like, as an Allen Robinson manager, I hope that you guys have some other options. If you mm-hmm. savages are still rolling with Allen Robinson, I'm sorry. Right. I am. What is league is that? What 17, 18, 20 team <laughs> league are you playing in that there was nothing else that. 
it's well, I mean, uh, given where you drafted him, unfortunately, it's just the reality is right. like you're a two and nine team just Probably. setting a lineup because it's a you're. Keeper. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you have fantasy pros, and you've already long clicked autopilot. Yeah, on you're that just one, and you're just yeah, not doing that it. one anymore. Yeah. Well, the reason I set that up is because for redraft purposes, we've covered it. Yeah. It took less than ten minutes. Yep. And so I think we should talk about the lines because the yep. only reason to watch this game is for gambling Betting. purposes. It's, yeah. it's actually like it. in in the gambling world, it's actually the only game that's going to like really be that competitive. The rest of them just aren't looking like they're going to be, and that's. You know that can be okay. Mediocre football can be fine. <laughs> Helps if the digestion. You, if you can put some, right. if you yeah. put some money on it. Um, so I mean, neither team have really played that poor, uh, that poorly recently. They've played relatively close. They're actually both about two and one against the spread in the last three, which is pretty impressive. Um, you know, I could see this one. You know, being a close game down the stretch, Dalton starting this week with a little bit more practice should hopefully get them a little, you know, closer, a little foot in the door, a little more production. Um, the last time that uh, he started with them in, uh, in week one and they got that full game in, Monty actually had a big game. And that's kind of yeah. where I like this week. I think Monty's actually a shoe in for a really big week. Um, you know, we have some, you know, indecision if, the lines are going to start golf. So if Tim Boyle is actually running out there, I have a hard time not taking the minus three for Chicago. It's just, I don't know. I think a report just came out. Golf is going to be starting tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's official or not. But okay. It's not, it's not. That was the report it's I gave. Him that way, they're, yeah. they're, they're trending him in that direction. I, Nobody you know, will confirm anything. I like the minus three anyway, but if it's, if it's Boyle, slam it because mm -hmm. he looked as bad as I've, I think I've ever seen a player look and God bless him for coming. No, 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 no. You're just, to, you're but... just too young. You don't remember Tyler Palco. <laughs> yeah. You don't remember the Tyler, what I refer to sure. as the Tyler Palco competency test. Can you snap a football? That's the worst thing that's ever happened. Like at least Boyle snapped the ball and was able to actually get it out of his hand. He only lost by three points last week. That's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, like he was dealing with the injury a little bit in the Pittsburgh game uh, that is golf. And then after that, they went with Boyle last week. If he is able to go this week, he still may be slightly limited. It, it, I would assume it's going to end up being a low scoring game in that regard. Like if they're going to just be more conservative, run the ball aggressively. And to Mason's point, like David Montgomery could have a monster game against this Lions defense. So, I mean, the over-under right now is 41 and a half. I would lean the under. That would be my impression, especially if you're talking about Andy Dalton against anybody. I tend to lean the under right. on yep. points. On the surface, the number seems low when you look at the rest of the slate, but right. it's it's just it's not when you look at these two teams in a nutshell. <laughs> they're, they're, both, they're both a couple of the worst offenses and defenses, ELO rating-wise, in the entire NFL, and it's yeah. pretty well documented at this point. Yeah, for sure. The under is definitely the play here, and I'm totally on board with the with the Monty play as well. I think he scored four rushing touchdowns in the last two games combined that he, uh, the Bears have played against the Lions going back to last year. So he he loves playing against the Lions. So it should, it should definitely be a big game for him. Uh, in terms of like individual players, we talked about DeAndre Swift being the only one that really matters for uh, like a fantasy perspective. 
that you can set and, and be relied on. In underdog right now, it's 102.5 total yards for DeAndre Swift. How are you guys feeling about that? Because he hadn't had over 50 yards rushing in any game this season until the last two weeks when he's gone over 130 in both games. So he's been on an absolute tear, completely on fire. The last time these two teams played in week four, he only went eight for 16. But remember, that was in that like weird alternate universe when Dan Campbell was having them run the ball more with Jamal Williams. And Jamal Williams went 14 for 66 in that same game. So if the roles reverse and Swift is the lead back and he's getting the pass catching yardage, that would be about 100 yards in that game against Chicago. And Chicago is one of the worst rush defenses in the league right now. We already talked about Goff being injured, them not throwing the ball a lot. I think a lot of the offense is going to go through Swift. And even if you know it, Chicago can't seem to stop it. So do you like this this line? Do you like this number on Before Swift? Before they answer that, Steve, I will point out one thing. You Somewhere along the way in there, it's important to point out that Jamal Williams, part of what I think is going on there, with the usage is Jamal Williams missed the last two weeks. He's back this week, but he was ruled out the last. He actually, you know what? He was ruled out the week prior last week. Yeah, he played last he week. He did play last week, but he yeah. was ruled out for one of those games. I know for a fact. Yeah, he Swift was ruled out off. two weeks ago and DeAndre Swift in that game played 93% of the offensive snaps. Yeah, which I know they don't monster game against killed. Pittsburgh. And he had 33 carries for 130 yards. Gigantic game. Yeah, they're going to yeah. get him killed. Right. So this past week, Jamal Williams was back. He had seven carries for 11 yards and Swift only had 14 carries and still had 136 yards rushing. Okay. One of those is the long touchdown. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I, you know, without seeing it right in front of me off the top of my head, these lines for Swift have been almost 20 yards, even higher than that number right there. So Mm -hmm. I think we're seeing this weird kind of thing where odds makers aren't quite buying into that volume and that production popping, mm. but I, I don't really, I think that this number gets into the, the realm of like, well, he was already really close with that. He's such a big part of the receiving game that I, it, he doesn't really have to blow it all out on the ground. So I think right. that it's a super reasonable number to go over on for sure. Yeah. Uh, right now, let's see, just getting a general gauge of it here. Um, let's see. DraftKings has him at 33 and a half for the over-under on receiving yards and 67 and a half on the rushing yards. So yeah. total about the same, about 100 yards. Yeah. Same neighborhood. To me, I like it. I, I like the over. Like I said, I think he's going to be a majority of their offense and the Bears can't stop it. So it's close for sure. I could understand the hesitation, but he's been so hot lately that, I mean, outside of him getting hurt, knock on wood, like that's, I think he can hit this over pretty easily, even though it's a big number, like we talked about. Is there anything else that like, that's what those combos one, those combos ones always, they seem much higher than they are sometimes because Mm -hmm. you really get into some of these other backs will get into the realm of, you know, 80, 90 yards in rushing alone. And when you can, bank on a guy like swift who's like almost a kamara in a way where you're like dude 50 50 is is just a you know just a cut away like that is the cut away it's been the cop on him for a long time he is mini kamara he profiles out that way exactly right 
And that's been the thing, too, because over the last two weeks, like I mentioned, he's got 130 rushing yards and then 136. Um, so in these last two games, I can pull it up, right? There we go. Yeah. Last two games, he has a combined 266 rushing yards and only five receiving yards. Like he's gotten 10 targets, but only six catches for five total yards in the receiving game. Whereas everything before that, uh, to start the season, he was averaging about 36 rush yards a game and 52 receiving yards. So he was still up near 90 total yards on average when he was getting a majority of work in the passing game. But now he's getting a ton of work still in the rushing game and the targets. The yardage just hasn't been there. Right. So for me, he's gone over this number easily in rushing yards the last two weeks. If he can connect on any of those targets he's been getting, get some receptions right. and receiving yards, I think this is an easy one. Is there anything on the Bears side that sticks out to you guys through the props? You got anything, V? I know that's. I think I saw you had one. Yeah, I had one. I had Mooney over 58 and a half receiving yards. Mm -hmm. um, I think we already talked a little about A-Rob. His list is doubtful. He's probably not going to play. Mm -hmm. um, Mooney had 16 targets last week. I'm pretty positive that's a career high for him so far. When they played in week four, Mooney had 125 receiving yards. That was with Fields under center. Yep. But Dalton definitely liked him a lot last week. I just think he's going to have plenty of targets. And the Lions are terrible in, you know, they're in their secondary. This right. shouldn't be too difficult for him to, to hit the over on this one. Yeah, wide receivers averaging 163 yards a game against the Lions defense. So that's if you're watching good. this, Jack, we're sorry to have to drag the Lions. <laughs> right. It feels I feel bad breaking down Lions football without Jack here, but that's all right. All right. And then uh, uh, I, I have, I have one too here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Neil. Well, yeah, I, have, I, have a, I have a sarcastic question, so do the serious <laughs> thing first. I was just going to say, so we talked about Monty, and I have one here too. I have I have Monty over a rushing touchdown. We kind of alluded to it earlier. I got burned yeah. last week on Monty, but I still like the process, and I'm pretty stubborn, so I'm going to go back to the yeah. well here. Um, you know, the last time Dalton was the full starter we talked about was week one. Monty had 108 and a touchdown. I see it going this way. We already talked about the Lions are really bad against running backs. It's, right. you know, uh, Monty could have had one, or uh, excuse me, last week they let Chubb go absolutely ballistic against him. He would have had a touchdown, but Juice mm -hmm. uh, Landry vultured it. So yeah. never thought I would say that, but that's how it goes. <laughs> All right, Neil, what's your sarcastic question? What's the prop for like over under on total number of interceptions thrown in this game? And oh, where can yeah, I, that would be a good one. Where can I put money on that? Maybe we need Daryl. To get back from, to do a repeat, right. do a get, do his old thing and get back a monkey knife fight for me. Cause <laughs> well, second I, is very good at catching the ball. So they'll have plenty of opportunities. I just don't, don't, don't know if they're going to complete the process. So maybe over five and a half interceptable passes, but in terms of actual <laughs> interception, turnover, the turnover, no, I want, I, I, I want it to be set at three and I want to slam the over on the <laughs> yeah. over of mixed actually thrown in the game on that. Because if it's three, I might take the over on that. That's how bad this game is going to be. There's going to be a lot of turnovers. Andy Dalton never met an INT that he wasn't willing to commit. So, right. and then if it is Tim Boyle, it should I, be five. We I set read the line at absolutely five. asinine stat. Somebody, it might have been Jack that tweeted it. Something about Tim Boyle's time in college or something. One touchdown, like 13 picks or just something. No, yeah. Absolutely really? insane. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. My lord. It is Tim Boyle, by the way. The Bears defense becomes an incredible streaming option 
That's the one other starting thing for regular fantasy you might want would right. be yeah, I that in one league. I picked him up. Yeah, I'm doing it in Bang. one league too, where I have lack of better options. So I'm like, eh, why not? All right. Especially well, I think we've, we've harped on this. But let's also take a moment enough. to let everybody know. Go into the future. Throw the D and special teams in the trash. Your fantasy <laughs> league doesn't need it. Please and thank you. I'd love, yeah, one of the leagues Steve and I play in that we architected from the ground up. There are no defenses or kickers anywhere to be seen. So, yeah. uh, but we'll we'll move on from this utter dumpster fire into we'll move into what, we, what we'll call like the first course. So right. this is your salad right it's here. The game in my backyard. So, yeah, the game in Steve's backyard, and it'll look a lot like a backyard football game for mm-hmm. most of it, given the defenses that will be playing in it. Just run around and wait for the ball. Yeah, it's Cowboys Raiders, folks. This is not going to be a pretty game, but it is going to be a serviceable game. This is your salad course right here before we get into <laughs> turkey. So this is going to, you know, it'll cleanse the palate after the horrible epic hack that you have to get through. Sleep in if you can. Don't mm-hmm. don't worry about that first game. Yeah. Uh but Cowboys Raiders might actually be entertaining because you're going to have a couple of bad defenses and a couple of offenses that if the Raiders actually want to be competent on offense for this game, they have some ability to move the ball. And it's, it's going to be an interesting, this is kind of like, this game sort of feels like the Spider-Man meme, given how the Cowboys have played the last couple of weeks. They're obviously better, but it's just the last couple of weeks, the Cowboys, I don't know what's going on there, but this is just a reminder on the Cowboys side of the ball, Amari Cooper will not be playing in this game. He's on the COVID list, so he was already ruled out. The biggest piece of news is C.D. Lamb dealing with a concussion. He missed practice on Tuesday. He was limited today. If he's playing, I'm starting him. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have better options. I really doubt it, and I'm not really worried about it. It's just a question of will he start and will he be able to play. So to that end, the big trendy pickup for this whole endeavor is Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson, who we've seen have limited value at various points along the way this season. I'm personally not really a fan of the man's skill set. However, opportunity is king. And if you've got no Amari Cooper and you've got no C.D. Lamb, for example, is Cedric Wilson worth it to anybody here on this on this meeting, effectively? Who, who's, who's interested? Anybody? Nobody? No, not me. No, I, I don't think so either, because I think I'd hope that you would just kind of head in a different direction. I, I like I you know he was all over my waiver wires in every league and and he sat and he sat and I and I was a little surprised that nobody took a plunge there but I think it's just cuz in most leagues you hopefully have a bench option to replace you have a better play. Yeah. Yeah. The one position that's actually deep like if you don't have better mm-hmm. options than Wilson then you're right. just not working hard enough on the waiver right. wire because there's guys out there that are just better options. Yeah. Okay. If, he's, he's whether C.D. Lamb plays or not, I think the biggest benefactor to Cooper being out, just like it was last week, is Michael Gallup. I think he probably yeah, is well, the primary guy leading the, the charge here. So well, that goes without saying, Steve, which is why ago, I didn't, you can't pick up Gallup. I, well, That's, I'm just saying, Neil, you didn't mention Michael Gallup at all. So I'm saying if you've got Michael Gallup, that's the one because I would that play. that information would have only been relevant two weeks ago. That's why I didn't mention it. <laughs> well, we're talking Sorry. about time machines here. We can go this, back. This is, our, this is our old married couple section but, uh, of the show. This is a- no, in terms of Cedric Wilson, I think his biggest, um, the biggest asset to Cedric Wilson was when C.D. Lamb was out. And the fact that they were playing from behind against Kansas City. So I, I don't think he's that big of a, a factor here because 
odds are this isn't a shootout. Yeah. Odds are this is more of the Cowboys are in control. It's closer to the game two weeks ago against Atlanta when they blew out the Falcons than it is to the game last week when they were struggling and losing to Kansas City. My greater point is I have Wilson in the 40s for yeah. my rankings for this week. So there's a non-zero chance that he's going to end up needing to be rostered in your league. There is likely somebody desperate enough to take the plunge on that. So sure. for me, he's coming person. in in the 40s. He's a flex. Like, hate, love it, hate it. I don't think it matters. He's a flex for me. That's the whole reason that this is even a topic is if you're desperate and you need somebody to get you through because there's every chance that, you know, you struck out at various places along yeah. the way here or you were really counting on Jamal Agnew and now yeah. that's over. And it's like, there are scenarios where this is going to come up and he's a very popular topic for other outlets. And sure. he's not awful is the other thing too. It's not like I'm sitting he's, here yeah, saying he's okay. He's okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, he's in the forties for me. He's a flex. There are worse, there are worse options that mm -hmm. I've seen being bandied around. Right. For example, if, well, if he wasn't on buy, this would matter more, but Miko Hardman, for example, yeah would be a guy in that range regularly that I'd be like, no, I would totally drop. Assuming he was, let's, let's for a second, assume he's not on by. I would drop Miko Hardman for Cedric Wilson. I would drop Robbie Anderson for, for Cedric Wilson on a one-week rental. You should have done that two weeks ago. Like, it's talking about things that you should have done two weeks ago. Well, I saw a lot of people talking about they wanted Deontay Harris because he would have had a couple of good games. I right. would start Wilson over Harris. I would cut Harris. You don't need Harris. Harris was like a one-week rental. It's not. It's not helpful. So there are, yeah, and to your point, Mason, yes, God bless these people who are going to be forced into this situation. But from reading the internet, it's a non-zero percentage of people <laughs> that are. Yeah, no, definitely. And like, like we, like we kind of like hit on, like, hopefully, hopefully you have somebody, hopefully you've been a proper manager through your season to have better options through this. But like you said, it's not like he's, he's going to be putting up a goose egg. He's definitely going to be getting snaps yeah, given the situation mm -hmm. that they're going to be running into. It really just comes to that point about how much your quarterback feels comfortable because we find mm -hmm. so many times that, um, you know, a guy will just lock in. It's just, it's just how it goes. Sometimes they just lock in, feel their comfortableness and just target a guy on routes that maybe they shouldn't target them on. And, well, and that's where good players sometimes like Cedric Wilson might get, you know, by the wayside because he's open, he's open or whatever, but, it, it's just you're not it's in also the, the raiders secondary mm -hmm. it's the raiders secondary here yeah. is also the other reason why this is somewhat attractive to me so like yeah. i said i'm not pushing the boat out for him he's yeah, in the yeah. 40s but he's definitely a flex if you're looking at this point good matchup for him if cd lamb doesn't play i feel a whole lot better about this because he's functionally the wide receiver too right. and dalton schultz has been good but they've been struggling to get him the ball the last few weeks a little bit not so much last week but the week prior it's been a little weird recently the whole team has been kind of weird with that it's hard to pin it on dalton schultz but it's it's hard to say exactly what's going to happen here but he's in the 40s for me and so that's really it there is no relevant raider news and i'm sure the raiders are thankful for that given how much they have been in the news recently and none of it's been positive so it never is because it's the raiders but that's there's I don't have any relevant Raiders notes. Everybody is going to play, it seems like. Yeah. And they're going to have their normal complement of weapons such as they are. And normal I'm not, in quotations. Yeah, in yeah. quotations. Uh, also, I will say I'm not at all bitter about our locked in from last week. And if uh, if you've got Dak at the half interception, I'll go ahead and take the under 
on that uh, and say he will not throw an interception against this Raider secondary that just cannot take the ball away from quarterbacks, even when it's Joe Burrow and he just gives it away willy-nilly. Uh, I'm not bitter, though. Not, not at no, all. Never. Not even a little bit. Uh, no, the bitter person I've ever met, too. Exactly. In general. Thank, you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, no, they, they do not take the ball away at all. They do get to the quarterback considerably. They are uh, 2.3 sacks per game against opposing QBs. However, they have 36 pass attempts against them per game. They allow 24 completions per game. It's the worst of anyone, including Detroit, that's on the slate tomorrow. And they allow 232 passing yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. The number right now on underdog is 266 and a half for Dax passing yards. And that feels high, even though he's been like good this season. He was not good in that game last week against a very bad defense Two six and in a game that I feel like they will control 266 feels feels hot high. The game script's not going to go their way for that. Time. Yeah. This feels like a very run heavy game to me yeah. on Dallas side and expect a lot of Elliot, a lot of Tony Pollard in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Tony Pollard is an interesting one as well because he's probably going to get mixed in as to the passing game because of the lack of other options. Like we were just talking about Cedric Wilson and the fact that at some point, you know, Zeke's dealing with injuries himself. At some point, they're going right. to sit Zeke down and try to preserve him. So you brought that up, actually. I'm, I knew we'd get there eventually. Is anybody a little bit worried about Zeke for this week? Yeah, absolutely. Normal production. Yeah, I got him a few spots yeah. lower. Bump Tony Pollard up a little bit in my rankings because of that. I had so to I double check his status when I was looking at some of the lines, um, so did I. you know, because because yeah. realistically, any kind of real ding, any real drop to Zeke's production in in um, Pollard's line is is extremely reasonable because it's at both rushing and receiving, at least on underdog. Yeah, it's totally at a, yards, sixty two and a half. Sixty two and a half. Yeah, Ooh, yeah that's it's an extreme. It's an extremely reasonable line. Yeah, um, even even with his regular workload, it's a it's a reasonable line, and so. We, we've already established that they have these issues and they need to kind of get back into what they were doing earlier on in the season. And that actually featured Pollard a lot more. They, we, uh, um, both these teams have just kind of fallen off a cliff offensively in the last three weeks. You know, when you go up to play Denver and you pitch 30 to nothing through the first three and a half quarters, like there's an issue there. There's a schematic and, and, deeper issue to your offense right there that's just not getting addressed yeah pollard has we can discount though the game against atlanta two weeks on it i feel like we're talking about dallas being a complete mess over the last few weeks but they did right. put up 44 in atlanta or against atlanta a couple weeks ago prescott was awesome zeke had a couple touchdowns so i mean i don't think it's as bad as maybe we're making it out to be but you know they do have to be a little bit better for sure yeah. oh 100 but yeah, like to your to your point, 62 and a half total yards for Pollard. He's beaten that number in seven of their 10 games this season, including the last two. So I, I feel like that's definitely a, that's an achievable number. Even when Zeke is playing 100 percent, Zeke is banged up. There's a possibility that Pollard takes over the workload and there's a possibility that the entire fourth quarter is Tony Pollard out there with the offense. That's what I was going to say. Game script to me feels like it would go that way. If it goes yeah. the way I have it in my head, you're going to watch a lot of the Cowboys just running out the clock. Yeah. So yeah. Tony Pollard, that feels like a pretty pretty good line there for me on that one. Because Vegas uh, is 
is bleeding is is bleeding points right now. They're they have one of the worst uh, scoring margins in the NFL right now, uh, minus seventeen point seven over the last three games, second worst in the NFL, right behind Atlanta. Um, it's just whatever. Dallas is is capable. Like we haven't seen it. They've like been a little struggling, but like V said, they just did blow the doors off Atlanta. So we know that they can do it. I absolutely in no way see Las Vegas being able to do it. And unfortunately it's all stuff that's kind of out of their control with the off the field issues that have all happened, but they have just absolutely been bleeding. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough out there right now. And the line in this game is actually 51 and a half. Uh, minus under, seven under. and a half. Yeah, for the slammed Cowboys. the under. Slammed. Yeah, it actually moved. I think it opened at like fifty or fifty and a it half. Did. It, went it went up. It went up while I was today. while I was researching today. Full point. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, another one where I'm going to take the under. I'm with you guys. I, I think the Cowboys beat them pretty handily here, but seven and a half. That's a f- over a does full that, touchdown. Does that line assume Dallas scores forty two points? Yeah, <laughs> it does. Is that it, how it, that it does. One hundred percent. Yeah. Like, is that how that's going to get? That they have to be how they're doing yeah. that. Okay. It's like a backdoor so over with the garbage time 13 to 35 touchdown type thing. That's crazy. That's what they're pick six in the yeah. final three minutes. Exactly. Right. So oh, are, are you guys good then with the uh, the minus seven and a half for Dallas? Not scared of that line at all? I'm a little scared. I mean, it feels like a tad too much, especially right. if you are saying that this is going to be a run heavy game. You're not expecting right. to put up a lot of points in that type of game script so um i'm not exactly sure i probably just stay away i don't know if i'm really leaning either way on this one you're not going to yeah. get the line to move the way you want it so you have right. to take it now or don't and i just yeah. wouldn't because you want to be on the other side of seven here you right. are at, at the very least seven but the hook here is gonna ultimately get you in the end if you, if you take this line <laughs> yeah uh, let's see anything like the Tony Pollard one was the one that definitely stuck out to me. Um, they've got Zeke or they did at least it's currently off the board. Uh, the same as Montgomery with the over under at half for, I had that one on my ticket. I mean, I agree with you guys, probably not a lot of yardage for him in this game, but I think he can definitely fall into the end zone. I mean, he's still going to be their goal line back, um, in this game. And I think he'll have a couple opportunities. We saw Joe Mixon torch these guys last week. I think Zeke can have, a couple opportunities at the goal line. I was going to say, Michelle, I was just going to point that out. Like we just watched Cincinnati just make it a point. It felt like to make sure (laughs) that they stuck Joe Mixon in there twice. So I can see that happening again. Uh, And then another one that's, that's close. uh, That's kind of interesting, depending on how the game script goes. Uh, Dak 10 and a half rush yards. Mm. I I would favor the under there. Interesting. Um, But Play with fire on that though. Yeah, yeah that's it's one such a scramble. Low number. Yeah, yeah, that, the, that's one of those that, variance plays that's a little hard to to right. peg. That's exactly. the main issue because you have like he hit that number against Denver a few weeks ago, but that was because of one long run. Other than that, he hasn't had more than three carries in any game since week four. He had four for thirty-five against Carolina randomly. And he hasn't had more than 16 rushing yards in any other game. Yeah, it could be an interesting thing. Maybe Kellen Moore playing some more read option plays this week because C.D. Lamb and Cooper could be out. Maybe just right. to create some easy yardage for them potentially. Mm-hmm. It could be a little weird in this one, though. Yeah, I, for me, I would lean towards the under on Dak there. Like I said, like 
coming into the season, the whole thing was what happened? Your franchise quarterback last year on a scramble against a division rival shattered his ankle and destroyed your entire season when you had Super Bowl aspirations. Well, you can tell, you can tell watching his tape that he does notice it. Like, I mean, now the whole game plan now would be run less, just be more, throw the ball away. Don't we'd rather you throw the ball away and get to second down than pick up five yards scrambling on first down. And just him getting that in his head and thinking about it, like I, I feel like that I would take the under on that as well. Um, let's see. I also Anything don't like else? my quarterback thinking too much anyway, to be honest. <laughs> sure. I don't like him thinking back there when he's got three seconds to make a decision. You got to snap it and you got to make a decision. Yeah. Like thinking will get you killed. I think everything on the Raiders side of the ball is pretty straightforward. Um, yep. So let's move on. That's. I was going to say, there's point. nothing relevant. I, oh, I, I do. I, I do have one. Oh, you I found something. One. I scraped my, the internet for, for my absolute. For my absolute well, we can come back to that later when we go through the, the tickets because I know oh, okay. you're, I already know oh, what okay. you're going to say. Okay, okay. Right, we'll come back. We'll come back. We'll come back. Yeah. All right, because I was going to say, I spent an hour and there's nothing Raiders <laughs> related. So if you found something, congratulations. It's it's slim pickings for the Raiders. and But we'll get into the, the actual turkey of this slate here. Let's get into turkey time, turkey and stuffing. The NFL, in its infinite wisdom, has decided that there will be one watchable football game tomorrow that you could Is actually turn your TV on. Know. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have to argue with you on that statement. Well, that. well okay. Know. I'll put it to you this way. When they wrote it on paper, sure. At the it was, beginning it of was the year. when they wrote it down and put it on the schedule, it was watchable. Yeah. Because they had Jameis, everybody wants to watch Jameis on Thursday night, throw up six picks. Exactly. Well, they really want to watch Josh Allen, throw three touchdowns. you know, and they want to watch the fan base get drunk and, you know, power bomb each other through flaming tables. Yes. That's really what the, the people are here for. But it's Bills, Saints. It's the only thing close to watchable football we're going to get all day. So whatever your opinions are. A lot of Saints news. A lot of Saints news here. Alvin Kamara was ruled out here a couple hours ago. That is unfortunate. Mark Ingram, who would be in line for this huge workload, unfortunately is dealing with his own injuries already. He missed practice on Tuesday. And today he was only able to stretch. He didn't even get like a limited. He just stretched and then they and they were like, all right, go home. So that to me is scary. That does not bode well. I think he's a long shot is the note that sure. I wrote. I don't mm-hmm. think he's so Kamara's already done. Mark Ingram is, I think, likely done. We'll find out tomorrow, tomorrow in the afternoon. So check in on that. If you're planning on rolling with Mark Ingram, I would have some sort of sort of backup plan to that point. Tony Jones. We've talked about Tony Jones Jr. on this show yeah. a few times. Uh, it's two questions. So one I think is relatively easy, and the other one I think is a little more complicated. If both Kamara and Ingram cannot play in this game, is Tony Jones a flex? Mm, I could see your other options, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, your other options are Tevin out. Coleman, Rex Burkhead, or Dontrell Hilliard. I'd probably My rather have Lord. Hilliard. But welcome to running back waiver wire, Mason. I don't know if you've checked in on it recently, but those are your life. That's your life. Gosh. This time of the year. Your choices are Tevin Coleman because of injuries that he might actually get a meaningful role. Dontrell Hilliard by attrition, which I would. I, we talked I about mean, this last week. No Titan in the backfield at this point is worth to me. Uh, Tony Jones, if he had the whole job. And then uh, I can give you the rest of them. Matt Breida. Rex Burkhead because Philip Lindsay was cut. Uh, 
I've watched Jack on a weekly basis, so I knew who I picked up this week. <laughs> Ty, Ty Johnson. Johnson. Ty, well, Ty Johnson. Johnson. Ty Johnson would have been on the list, but mm-hmm. Ty Johnson is now past the threshold, my friend. So yeah, oh. Ty Ty Johnson would have been Smart on guys. the list if we were having this show yesterday. Good work, people. Good work. Absolutely, but he's too far past the threshold. So there's virtually nothing left at this point. But yeah, Ty Johnson was the number one waiver wire pickup for redraft for obvious reasons because he actually borderline mattered he was at like 49 percent. it's cheating you know what i mean that's like right. cheating he just got nudged over so my, my point to you is okay your other let's give you options that might be on your team your other option is zach moss Oof. uh i feel attacked neil I'd rather pick somebody. Uh, I'm, I'm dealing with Mason. I'm here to give people the real analysis. For I feel their attacked. Lives, okay, <laughs> like that's that's what we're doing. Where'd you get my roster from? Is what I want to know. Why? Uh, how do you? How I, do you know I my got a roster? camera in your closet there. You in know this I mean? specific game, I think there's a non-zero chance that Zach Moss is a healthy scratch. So I don't. I'm I'm definitely not taking Zach Moss. Okay. How about Kenyon Drake? I would definitely play. Kenyon I know you Drake. would say Kenyon Drake. That's that's not even a question that I should give you. It's not fair. Well, you know, Neil, you drive a hard bargain. Okay, I'll start Tony Jones. Shit. I mean, Taylor, you just saw the Bills give up five touchdowns to Jonathan Taylor last week. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. That's Jonathan had, Taylor. You you, yeah, I was going to say, that's say Jonathan that. Taylor. That's a, that's a different thing. We just saw a team give up 40 points to Michael Jordan. They can't play <laughs> me. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I look at Jonathan Taylor as that good. But, I mean, the this Bills season, are not a world-class This season he's been that fans. damn good. Yeah, I I mean, he's on fire right now. And and the Bills going into that game, I will say this. The Bills going into that game were the number one defense against running backs. Mm -hmm. They were Mm -hmm. they gave up the least amount of fantasy points to opposing running backs until they faced Jonathan Taylor and they gave up five touchdowns and 50 something points and they slid all the way down to number seven. (laughs) So there there's still a nightmare matchup in terms of just like yards per game. They're 10th. They only give up 81 rushing yards a game to opposing running backs. And that's the entire team's running back core, not just individuals. So uh, playing against the Bills is a nightmare scenario for me. For a backup who has been beaten out and other guys have been signed to take his job, I think even if Mark Ingram doesn't play, Tony Jones is probably the lead back, but he's going to split with Dwayne Washington. I mean, Dwayne Washington had basically as many snaps as Tony Jones did last week. Maybe so we see some extra Taysom Hill this week in that scenario too. Yeah I, th- yeah, I think they just get creative and they don't rely on any one guy. It just becomes a full committee. To me, if I can avoid Tony Jones, I'm doing it. Okay. So to be fair, I have Tony Jones in like the 50s in my actual yeah. running back rankings. The reason I'm bringing it up is because those were done prior to – the injury reports around mm-hmm. Mark Ingram. So it's like you start to kind of unpack it. And Mason, the reason you feel attacked is because the, that's just the reality of like running back waiver wire right now yeah. is like, it is so bad that anybody with a pulse that has half a job. I mean, that's how Tevin Coleman winds up on that list where it literally is that it's like anybody with a pulse that has half a job, you have to look at at this point. Well, and like, for our, it's for our purposes too. Awful. Like we always talk about everything here, 12 team PPR. Right. So, I mean, Mason, you mentioned uh, Ty Johnson. Absolutely. That's a PPR threat. Uh, Neil, you said Dontrell Hilliard. I, I would play Dontrell Hilliard, even though we said avoid Titans last week, he had 10 targets. 
He played so well. He got eight catches in 40 or eight catches for 47 yards and they cut Adrian Peterson. It's just so frustrating because I know he's going to get three, three snaps, not so three targets, three snaps. If he, if Sunday. Jeremy McNichols is back healthy this week, I think Hilliard gets relegated to strictly the third down back role. But mm-hmm. right now okay. he's the only Titan running back that I would want. Yeah. And I would play him ahead of Tony Jones. Tony Jones took no passing snaps in that game last week. Dwayne Washington is the pass catching back. So you're talking about half a job. Like he would only be the between the tackles guy. He would be, your hope would be that Tony Jones falls in the end zone. Would oh, be yeah. what you were looking for. What's your hope? He's not going to get receptions. Guys. So I think there's more guys on that list and on waivers that have value getting short range passes and getting four or five catches for 10 yards. That's going to give you a four or a five than hoping that Tony Jones breaks one. Yeah. That's why I didn't give you JD McKissick on that list. Cause he would be right, right in the same neighborhood. And I intentionally did not say JD McKissick. Cause I'm like, well, everybody would play JD McKissick. Cause all he would have to do is catch three, four balls and he's paid you yeah. off. So that's why right. it's not fair. So that's why I also gave you guys the, the harder names. Cause, mm-hmm. cause we're industry professionals here at a website called <laughs> right, important yeah. nonsense.com. Right. Uh, soon to be important nonsense LLC. Uh, the, the, uh, the thing that I, that I want to point out though, is, well, it kind of makes the second question totally irrelevant, huh? Given how that first question went, because we'll move on from that. So then the only other like kind of saints news is just as a reminder, Adam Trotman finally has a big game and right. immediately gets hurt. and is going to be out four to six weeks. So pour one out for Adam Trotman. I actually feel terrible about that. Uh, it's, it's a real shame. Uh, and then I have a weird fact. So weird fact, Traquan Smith is the wide receiver 18 is wide receiver 18 over the last four weeks at no point in that span. What's that? And so that's surprising. I wouldn't have thought it is. It's a weird thing because in that span, he has yet to finish worse than wide receiver 40. And in the last two weeks, he's had 15 targets. Mm -hmm. That's Traquan Smith right now. I'm bringing this up because it was shocking to me when I was preparing the show sheet. So if I'm surprised by that, I got to figure there's more than other, there's more than just me. So this is worth bringing up to people because he's rostered in like 4% of leagues or something embarrassingly small. So as much as I don't like Traquan Smith, never have, probably never will, given where we are in the season, that's worth a waiver claim. That's that's worth sure. taking a look at. He's If he's going to play like that with Trevor Simeon under center, as much I think as it that makes that's me wanna... kind of the yeah. I think that that's kind of the hangup too. Is that I don't really love Traquan Smith. I really don't love Trevor Simeon. And well, so... you're biased, and so am I. Because <laughs> yeah, of where we live and what we've endured. That's so true. we're not the we you you and I. Our opinions have to be discounted. On and what no, Trevor everybody Simeon at home, me and Neil aren't related. This is just how everybody in Denver looked. <laughs> I, 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 you know what's funny is I was going to make that joke. Years ago. I was going to make that joke at the start of the show where I was like, Mason, nice to see you wearing the official Denver uniform. Yeah. Long <laughs> hair, facial hair, hat, uh, pale. Mm-hmm. pale. That's right. That's what we look yeah. like. Mm-hmm. We, we do look related, but it is completely coincidental. The fact that he and I live 15 minutes from each other. It's just how mountain uh, men it, look. It's literally a coincidence. It's just the uniform for if you're going to live in Denver, this is what you wear. In fact, I'm in violation because I'm not wearing anything flannel. Mm -hmm. But I am wearing a beanie. (laughs) I am wearing a beanie, so I do get a pass. Right. There you go. But that just for anybody who was paying attention, that Traquan Smith thing I thought was fascinating because I'm like, what is that about? But apparently he's got some sort of connection with Simeon going. And if he's going to put up those kind of numbers, that's a waiver claim. 
It's not one I feel great about, but it's got to be a waiver claim. And then there is no Bills news similar to the Raiders. So I, instead of Bills news, I have a question. And All this right. actually dovetails onto the Zach Moss thing. Is any Bills running back even rosterable if they're going to give Matt Breida extra work like they have been? Anybody rosterable? Uh, any of I mean, I think you just answered your own question, which would be Matt Fair Breida. enough. Asked and answered type yeah. of thing. See, it's I don't Matt, think Matt, Matt Breida. I don't even think Matt Breida is rosterable. There, I said it. Uh, so let's see. I don't think that they know how to run the ball. I, I mean, think, that's also I love fair. I love Brian Debul, yeah. but it's just they they just don't really have the the tricks in the bag. They run a lot of the same concepts that were running last year against one high looks, and now you have two high shells that are all the rage. The cover four man matches are running wild. It's giving Mahomes problems. It's giving Josh Allen problems. And this offense, both offenses just haven't been, it's more than just a, oh, they're not patient. It's a fact that they're having trouble reading these man match concepts that are just really causing them problems. And they don't have more tricks in the bag. And that's just how it's come down. And as a coordinator, they haven't had that run game or that ability to like scheme up bigger chunks on the ground, which has caused problems for them over the last two seasons. Uh, over the last two weeks, um, because that's when, you know, he's been back and healthy, but over the last two weeks, uh, Matt Breida is in PPR RB 17. So that's it's propped up by the, the one of the two games a little bit, but he did. He wasn't not complete. He wasn't a total non-factor last week. It's just, it's slanted to the one big game where he, right. Like because he had two touchdowns in the blowout against the jets. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's yeah. why I'm saying like, eh, is Matt Breida actually rosterable or did he have one good game against a really, 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 really bad defense? Yeah, like, without those, I, he had a six without those touchdowns. He had a seven and a half last week against Indy in a blowout game. Yeah, I think it's so, promising from like a role sense at least. You 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 know that they've had that that trouble really pegging who's going to get those you know closer and goal line touches and and that that at least kind of gives you some clarity. Now, like if you really want to ride with that, that you know more power to you. But I. It's a, it's a hard decision to make, and I think hopefully you have other options. But well, I mean the num- the numbers are saying the same thing I was telling you last week about Jeff Wilson, Neil. It's yeah. Matt Breida yeah. right now is a six or three touchdowns. Right, it's, sure. It's the same. Sure. It's the Spider Man meme with Jeff Wilson. It's this. If you love Jeff Wilson and you're convinced you need to start Jeff Wilson in your lineup because of opportunity, then play Matt Breida. It's the exact same thing. He'll give you a six now or I he'll score <laughs> or he'll, or he'll score and give you two touchdowns and give you a 20. I mean, that's, yeah. that's basically it. The difference between the Matt Breida and the Jeff Wilson thing was my whole argument last week was Jeff Wilson wasn't ha- competing with anyone and he still right. only got you an eight. So you end up, you ended up more or less being correct mm-hmm. to within a tolerance of one standard deviation. So right. I'll give it to you. And it's like, and that's, and that's kind of what's but going on. I mean, on. from what we've seen from Buffalo, who is Matt Breida competing with? Devin well, Singletary kind of, is terrible. Matt Zach uh, Moss has been terrible. Matt Breed has been hurt of, and terrible. Like right. it's both for him. He's still. I'm not convinced he's actually completely recovered from the concussion right. and the various other maladies Zach Moss has been dealing with all year. Right. So I think he's just hurt and it's he's just bad. Yeah. At this point, they're they're all bad. It's all bad. 
So I suppose if you want to make that argument, go ahead and uh, and roll with Brita if you want, because at least in PPR, he'd catch the passes. But for me, I just want to avoid all of it. If I if I any way in any way possibly can, I just want out of the yeah. Buffalo running back business at this point. And I, I would be willing to go. I think it would shock people how far to the links that I would go <laughs> to get out of this. Like, yeah. like it is, it is like, there's no way that I'm going to feel, I would much rather play Dontrell Hilliard. Yes. And that's after me poo-pooing Dontrell Hilliard to you a minute ago. But if you're telling me my choices are anybody in Buffalo or Dontrell Hilliard, fire up Dontrell Hilliard. Pray to God, sacrifice goats, do what you need to do to, to get this, to get this done. Like, like that's kind of what where I'm at with it, and it's crazy because for most rankings that I've seen, Zach Moss is still is still like RB forty, roughly at this point. And I'm like, how in the world could you get to there, given what we have seen? Like, there is no because as as Zach as Zach Moss apologists run deep. <laughs> we run deep. The nail, as it were. I think. Yeah. Like the, I think like you have hit upon it. Yeah, yeah. So that's really all I had as far as like traditional fantasy football news notes analysis for this actual game. Everything else is pretty straightforward. Uh, the Traquan Smith thing is the one that shocked me. Uh, yeah. Mostly because I think Traquan Smith is terrible. And clearly need to reevaluate at least part of that temporarily. But beyond that, I think we can, we can pivot into the lines. Cause I think there will be some interesting lines for this game from what I saw just digging around myself. Uh, there's not actually a ton, like in terms of individual player stuff available right now for this game, just because it's the last game of the slate. Um, so like right now the line is bills minus six. I feel pretty confident they're going to bounce back here against the saints, especially with how they've played the last couple of games. That's, that's a situation where you've got bills by a touchdown. I feel like they can actually hit that. See, this is where I was. I was like, I was closer. I, I, you know, looking at it, the the Saints actually play really well at home. Um, they they have a good defense, and they've actually stonewalled a couple of pretty good offenses this year at home with Tampa and Green Bay. The Giants at home. I they did like okay. They did. They did. They did have to tell the people at home that they weren't going to go look it up. <laughs> I couldn't forget that one. If he didn't <laughs> say it, I was gonna. So mostly because I was already about to jump down your throat about the Saints have a pretty good defense. I was already like, well, it's like locking it's, and loading. Like, no, they don't. Get out of here. It's not great. Get off they, my show. They, they do things that 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 puts teams in a bind that, that makes them uncomfortable. And I think it's because they're a well coached team. Um, yeah. That they 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 play decently well at home. Minus when you poo-poo against the, the, no, the Bucks game a few weeks ago is a good example for, for right so there. I mean, so totally they, so they can and i i liked it at first but without tomorrow and without mark ingram i don't i don't see why I, I even had this game at six and a half i don't see seven as or as six as value i don't really see seven as value there either i'm i'm like i might lean under but that's just because i really don't know that the saints have it in them to put up a bunch of points without most of their offense so it's 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 a kind of a wait and see i'm probably going to be asleep with turkey syndrome at that point anyway mm -hmm. so who knows yeah the uh, line surrounding the saints have been really i think weird the last couple of weeks with Simeon under center two weeks ago there were only three point underdogs going to tennessee after tennessee just came off a huge stretch of five in a row including beating the rams on sunday night i thought that was a, just a ridiculous line 
obviously the Saints covered on a last second touchdown. Right. Um, but that was just way too low of a line, too much money on the Saints. And then followed up last week, there were only one and a half point dogs to Philadelphia, which also just seems strange. I don't know why Simeon was getting so much love. And obviously they got blown out last week. This one finally feels like an appropriate line, you know, them being six point underdogs. That feels probably about where it should be. Uh, but I'll still take Buffalo because, yeah, I just don't see Buffalo pooping the bed two weeks in a row like that. Yeah, exactly. And again, like they started the year because of the hurricane in Jacksonville against Green Bay. That was their first official, you know, home game of the season. But in actual games in the Superdome this year, they're one and two. They beat Tampa 36-27, but then they lost that game in overtime to the Giants. And then three weeks ago, they lost 27-25 to the Falcons. So they're, I mean, they haven't played spectacular at home. Their defense has been okay. They've held teams down a little bit, but uh, yeah, no one's gotten over 30 against them at home, I guess is the way you would want to want to look at that. So maybe you're more into the over under at 45 and a half trying to take the under on that, I guess, because the offense in general with with no Kamara, with Trevor Simeon at the helm, I I would feel like the saints aren't going to be able to, to do much themselves. So maybe that would be the way to lean is go the under there. But I, I still think Buffalo is going to be just fine and should be able to cover the six here. True. Uh, in terms of individual player stuff, they've got Josh Allen at two and a half total touchdowns. That was the one that I would thought was interesting myself looking at it before the show started. Cause I'm like, that's it. Mm. Yeah. He hasn't hit that number in a while. I know, but it feels Scares like me. last week might've been a trap game and they might've been looking ahead a little bit. Maybe something, maybe I'm wrong. That was the way I interpreted it. Last time he hit three touchdowns was week eight against Miami. uh, And that was three total touchdowns. He had one rushing and two passing. Generally, two and a half is on the high end of of a passing touchdown line anyway. I don't think you'll ever see anything go three and a half higher, things like that. So you usually have like the one and a half and they they weight it a certain way and then they really want to move it up they'll move it up to two and a half and wait it in a certain way so and, and with underdog it's kind of what we come across to is that they they preempt to move the line a little bit in the direction that they yeah. want it in order to you know not have to move it around so so much even though they still they still technically do right. um so i i i see two and a half is a little bit high um i even i i he, I spoke about it a little bit before, but they just have had trouble beating game plans. And some of these game plans have, have stonewalled what they want to do in the passing game. Um, And we've already established their running struggles. And that's where we get games like what they did with Jacksonville, where they put up a stinker. Now we could talk about like how they, they were maybe looking ahead or they mailed it in against a couple of bad teams, but it shows that they have some trouble with certain coverages getting their guys opening, getting to the looks they want to get to. Yeah. The only thing that makes me hesitate about it is everything we talked about right before that, right? The fact that I feel like this is going to be under, I feel like they're going to cover that six pretty easily. If they're going to get to 21, 24, 27 points, so they can cover that number and win this game pretty easily here. Who's going to score the touchdowns? Cause we don't, I mean, it's, it's probably not the running backs. 
So, yeah, this is total, right? This is not just passing. Yeah, this is total. That's why I was saying long. total. I thought it's it was any total touchdown. Oh, it's total. It's total. Oh, no, if it was passing, oh, oh. I'd have been like, no, no, no. There's my no bad, chance he's going to do that. My but bad, total, yeah. I'm like, that's two so passing touchdowns. If he throws for two and, then, and runs one, true. that hits the over. That's why I'm is saying that that's a funny touchdown. And with yeah. the running backs being all screwed up, I thought that was why it would be attractive to me. It's two passing touchdowns and then a one-yard bunny touchdown in a game I'm expecting them to control. That's all I'm expecting. So that's for me, that was the one I was like, wow. Okay. And then I went back and looked and yes, he's struggled. So that's why the line is what it is. Yeah. But I was like, given the, what I think of the saints defense, which is to say not much. Like, I think there's every chance that all, all he has to do is throw two passing touchdowns. And then at some point they get in the red zone and because they don't trust their running backs, he just bodies up and goes in. Yeah. And then his day is probably over anyway. Right. So he'll be winning by enough at that point. They'll sit him down. And as much as it scares me, I will also say the current line on Josh Allen is again half an interception, as it tends to be. <laughs> right now, the Saints, the, the Saints actually are top five. They average over an interception per game, and Josh Allen has thrown at least one interception in three consecutive games. So him turning the ball over here at some point does kind of make sense to me. If you want to take the over on that one, I feel like that's a pretty comfortable play. Yeah, the, the the impressive part is that with the number of interceptions that Josh Allen has thrown, he has still had tremendous touchdown or a, a tremendous interception luck. Yeah. The guy leads the NFL in turnover worthy throws with 18. Yep. With only eight interceptions, that means he's got 10 balls that could have been turned over that just weren't. Right. And that's that's a that means that his downfall, his decrease from this year to last year is even more precipitous than we think because it's just not showing on paper that ESPN's not running that Josh Allen has 18 interceptions. Right. <laughs> that he's uh, looking like Brett Favre. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking like Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or he's trying to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, let's go into our picks for the week. We will start with Vishal. Vishal, what does your ticket look like for this week? Um, all right, so we'll start with, uh, we talked about it earlier, Darnell Mooney over 50 and that receiving yards. Um, I think this line just probably, I don't know, maybe 20 yards too low. If this was at 78 and a half, I would still like the over. I think he's just going to get all the targets and the lines can't cover anyone. Um, I'll take uh, Zeke over uh, 0.5 rushing touchdowns. Uh, again, like we said earlier, I think he, he can definitely just fall into the end zone. He'll get a couple of cracks from the goal line. And he should be able to convert against a poor Raiders uh, rush defense. And then finally, we just had a long conversation about the Bills running backs. Um, I still think Singletary, even even if he gets like five to seven touches, he can go over 23 and a half rushing yards. He's gone over this number in all but two games. Um, and the Saints were torched last week by the Phillies rushing attack led by Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, all pretty below average guys. Um, and I think, uh, this, this will just, uh, Bills will have a big lead. I think they'll run, try maybe run out of the clock a little bit and, uh, focus on the running game. Yeah. Zach Moss is on here too, with a, a low total as well. Yeah, like I, was I, thinking said, about him. I think he'll also, like I said, I think he's a healthy scratch with the way Breed has been playing lately. Um, but it's tempting because if you can pick the right Buffalo running back, the, yeah. the numbers are so low one of them has to hit the over you would think right right yeah the, these numbers just reinforce what we're saying even though you yeah. know v is taking the over here the the line of 24 and a half yeah. is a 
is a <laughs> it's 25 yards for a, a right. presumably back that's going to get a number of carries in a game. Yeah, they I was going to say reasonable line. He should really only need about five carries, to right? That, which he should easily get. It, that shouldn't be yeah. the hard part. So I, I'm I'm as little as we think of the Buffalo running attack. If that's where they're going to set the line, yeah, I'm all about it. Yeah. All right, Mason, what do you what do you got for this week? So uh, I alluded, I've alluded to a few of these throughout our conversations tonight here. <laughs> but for starters, I I love David Montgomery. Like I said, I'm stubborn. I was bo- I was burned by Mo- Monty last week, and I'm going back to the well. Um, they are just the Lions are just not good. I'm sorry, Jack. I I love you. <laughs> But they're just not good, and they are going to struggle to cover him. And this offense runs through him when Dalton is on the field. Um, We've seen it on a number of occasions, and this seems like a pretty locked-in over. This might even be my lock of the week here. So we were (laughs) – I started to allude to this one, this next one earlier, but we we shut it off for here. But this is the ultimate – just absolute disrespect line. I've never seen any line <laughs> like this. prop of the season. This no doubt. Absolutely the highlight of the season with this prop. Deshaun Jackson, seven and a half rushing and receiving. And not only when I was looking at this line, it was only four and a half. So, so somebody said, hey, we need to yeah. bump that sucker Right up. now, by the way, it's at 11 and a half. No, 11 no. And a half. I'd still take the over. I'd still that. take it over because it's, it's just one play. It's yeah. the about play. taking the under on the four and a half. I don't know what's going on here. See, this is the thing, though. See, uh, the, I know I just talked about the Raiders pretty much being absolutely inept on offense, and I'm not really big on Jackson or his signing to LV, but, but this is actually hilarious. But frankly, I get it. And just like V said, he was mulling over a, a under on the four and a half line. And here we are, you know, comfortable taking over on 11 and a half. And that's just says what type of player uh djax is he's just the epitome of boomer bust that he's been over the last decade or so and his his performances over the last two weeks just it just show up perfectly let me read this out here over his last two games since getting into vegas he has two touches in two games one 38 yard reception one four yard carry so (laughs) so you are looking at potentially going over by 50 yards on a reception or you're looking at missing it by him not getting a touch or something yeah and that's that's the thing for me on this too that i i agree with is the fact that it's the total yards because if this was just like 11 and a half receiving Receiving. yards i'd be all with v and i would take the under on that for sure because he either catches his one long target or he doesn't so you've got a fit, you've got a coin flip opportunity to hit that over or under. Whereas with the rushing and receiving yards, he could get an end around and run it for 20 yards and hit this over. Right. He doesn't even have to catch the ball. They just have to run a gadget play when they're losing by 30 in the third quarter. <laughs> and he, he gains 20 yards for no reason and hits this over. And and that's why, and that's why it was such a meme of a pick because it's I've we just said it. I've never seen a line this low on rushing and receiving for a player that can take two balls to the house for a buck 10 and, and two yeah. touchdowns. You know, yeah. it's just that type of game for him. But, and, and with their matchup, you know, with Trayvon Diggs, I just, 
you know, we talk about his ability to pick off the ball, but nobody talks about his ability to let dudes run past him too. So that's not as flashy. Yeah. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, follow the narrative quite as well. So if you see anybody talking about him for, you know, defensive MVP, you know, that they, they probably don't pay attention, but anyway, it's what's great to me about Trayvon Diggs is he is an actual legitimate, like defender. He's a DB, but he's basically the Kansas city chiefs. He scores a lot, but doesn't play any defense. And he's a defender. Exactly. Exactly. He's what looks like when you put a receiver on (laughs) on defense. Like they talk about it like it's a he sees his brother score touchdowns and get real jealous. But I think he scored more touchdowns than his brother has this year, so that's fine. All right, go ahead. Let up more touchdowns. Um and so last but not least, we we did we we talked about this one too. I have the the inner I, I hear Neil snickering and I don't like it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not snickering um, at Josh Allen. I'm not snickering at that. I'm more snickering at my own show that I'm doing for myself in my head, which is always the best way to run a real show. Yeah. Uh <laughs> the show that I'm doing in my head is uh no, 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 you gotta take that under on eleven. If it was four, I would have loved it. If it was four, <laughs> you take that over. Just smash that over on four. You gotta take four, but eleven? No. No, he'll yeah. never get there. Yeah, if you want to uh, write Daryl's piece for him, every, yeah, I'm uh, doing that Friday in my head because I'm, I'm I'm having the meeting that they would have had to have had. Take the over on four, and I'd take it all the way up to ten and a half. Right. Anything beyond right. that, take the under. Take the under, and I'm just doing that. I'm doing that as in the form of like the meeting that must have had to have happened mm-hmm. at Underdog or this email chain <laughs> that had to right. have occurred. That has to exist somewhere, right? Because it's either right. a meeting or an email chain. It's like. Scott, what do you want to tell me about why you have the Deshaun Jackson over under at four? And it's like, no, it has to be at least seven, Scott. I can't let you have it up there at four. And then somebody else comes in, like the director. What are you doing? You can't have it at seven. It's got to be at 11 and a half, guys. What are you doing? Like, and that's the meeting. That's Tuesday at, at the underdog. Like, that's that's just how that goes. So, again, it's, it's just, how these lines work, how they set them uh, to go behind the scenes here. Like uh, like Mason was saying, when you look at his two games, he had one game with 38 and one game at four with the carry. So you you set right. the line at something that's in between and something that people will bet on. So they got enough people betting the over at four and a half <laughs> that they moved it up to seven and a half. And people keep betting the over. So well, now it's at 11. Generates who are betting on the over on Deshaun Jackson. See, I like, to think, over I like to think we're the, generate. We're the ones throwing away money. <laughs> It's us and then us telling people, <laughs> yeah. which is not helping. Yes. Like, <laughs> You're all welcome out there. Yeah. I mean, I've lost more than enough money to a good joke before, so I'm all right. There you go. All right, go <laughs> um, ahead. Fin- finish out your ticket here. So last but not least, we were talking about Josh Allen. Um, and that's actually why I called out Neil because he was he was talking about the trap. But I'm gonna I'm gonna paint this picture like I did a little bit earlier. But you have a guy who was an MVP caliber player. And what if ESPN told you that he more than doubled the next player in interceptions on the season? I don't I think I wouldn't that have he... to do any I wouldn't have to do anything other than go back in time yeah. and talk to myself from any year that wasn't last year. Right. And if you think I'm snickering about Josh Allen throwing interceptions, it would always be the opposite. Yeah. Because Josh Allen always throws interceptions. It's been our argument against Josh Allen every year is that he's horribly inaccurate, throws a lot of interceptions and gets bailed out by his legs. That was right every year, except for last year. And what's funny is now we're actually working our way back to that little by little, (laughs) little by little, we're working our way back there. 
So it so was that, a it was a great minds think alike. Yes. Exactly. Well, just catching you Got up on it. five years of important nonsense I podcasts see. between Steve and I is Stop we have so. always been the anti Josh Allen show Correct. because we were wrong last year spectacularly because we were saying Josh Allen will never be a top five NFL quarterback as people were saying you're crazy he absolutely will be and we're like no that's wrong he throws too many picks and it's too touchdown dependent and then he had the the greatest single season turnaround from an accurate accuracy perspective in NFL history nobody else is even really close it's a weird thing that happened and we had to eat crow on it and now I'm going to throw that crow back up year on year little by little that crow is going to exit my system because it's the weirdest anomaly I've ever seen. And I just don't, and I've been saying, I don't know that it's sustainable, but we had that conversation going even through the ranking summit and everything this year about, we have to rank him this way, even though I don't know that what he did was sustainable because it's just, we're going to have to just go with it at that point. And now little by little to your, to your point, you made a minute ago, if even half of those interceptions that he could have thrown were actually picked off to go with the number he already has, every single news article and talking head on TV would be what's wrong with Josh Allen. What's wrong with Buffalo? Because people right. only remember historically the last well, they, thing they just Buffalo saw. would be spiraling worse than they already are. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be, there'd be this whole thing about it, just like the chiefs. And because of five or 10 balls, roughly yeah. that weren't picked that could have been, were spared living in that reality. That's, that's what's going on in the background. But no, this has never been the Josh Allen podcast. No. This has always been the Jalen Hurts podcast. But at least we right. know who we are. Exactly. We're not pretending that he can throw. It just exactly. doesn't matter. Gardner Minshew, yeah. Jalen Hurts, we're into quarterbacks that keep their starting job for one season. That's right. Us. We love it. We're all about. <laughs> we don't pretend like they can throw the ball accurately. That's the difference. We just know who we are. That's right. For those who don't know, Neil has to give that soliloquy in his home life at work to co-workers and family yeah. on the regular. Because here in Denver, we get the Josh Allen should have been drafted here conversation literally constantly. So, yeah. Well, so what's messed up about that, Mason, is that, frankly, I don't even have that conversation with people. Because what I tell them is, yeah, you're right. And we just move, <laughs> and we just move on. Yeah. And we just move on because having that conversation is pointless. Right. You're not going to change anybody's mind on that, Mason. So I just go, yeah, you're right. And then we talk about Cortland Sutton. <laughs> if you want to know how it. I deal with the locals, that's how I deal with the locals. Okay? <laughs> uh, so, but anyway, so like we were saying, I mean, we don't even really need to, to chalk it up much more. I think that Neil pretty, pretty yeah. much wrapped it all up entirely. I, I am a little bit higher on the, on the New Orleans defense than Neil is. Frankly, I think that, uh, Mar uh, Marshawn Lattimore is, um, is you know, a lockdown corner, and they're gonna will Marshawn Lattimore play the whole game, or will he get ejected in the first half for reasons? You know, I think that that's the the. What's risk my over under on? What's my prop bet on that? When will uh, what quarter will Marshawn Lattimore be ejected in? It, it has to be two and a half. If he makes it okay. past over uh, <laughs> past halftime, I would imagine what would be the <laughs> the line there. But so yeah, so I, I think I, I think that we. We, we wrapped it up pretty good on Josh, but yeah, I yeah, like, like it. I said earlier too, uh, right now, the saints over an interception per game defensively, they're number eight in terms of interceptions, uh, per game on the season. And Josh Allen's thrown th an interception in each of the last three games. So like I said, I, I feel pretty confident going with you on that one. Uh, here's my ticket 
try not to to throw up too much. Neil will not Ooh. be shocked by literally any of these. <laughs> no, things. all of this makes sense to me. Actually, every Very single thing brand. about this. Uh, the this Andy Dalton line has ticket. moved up since I got it, but I got it at two oh nine and a half passing yards against Detroit. Fine. Again, I think DeAndre Swift is going to single-handedly keep them in this game, but we saw it last week. Andy Dalton is good for one long throw that Darnell Mooney can break for a touchdown or Marquise Goodwin or whoever it is that decides to break off a pass that Andy Dalton wobbles into their hands. Uh, I think he'll be all right getting over this number here. The official number is, let me do some quick pulling up here, 250 passing yards per game against the Detroit Lions secondary. So the line being at 210, it's currently at 217 and a half. I feel pretty good about that for Dalton hitting the over. Uh, Kenyon Drake, 36 and a half total yards, not rushing or receiving, but total yards. Neil and I talked about this at nauseum last week. Um, we, we had a, a good conversation about Kenyon Drake and what I think he can do. The biggest thing for Kenyon Drake is if Josh Jacobs gets hurt, he suddenly has the entire workload. That's basically what you're banking on if you're playing Kenyon Drake. However, the Cowboys do give up a decent amount of total yards to running backs. This is a game where he can get checkdowns and can get receptions. And Kenyon Drake himself has been okay throughout the season. Uh, officially, Kenyon Drake on the year has gotten close to this number. A few times the last couple of weeks, he's gone over this number, I think, four times in total. Yes, four times in total. The last two games against Kansas City, he had a total of just 31 yards. Last week against Cincinnati, he had 29 yards. So again, he got close, but he hit this number each of the three games before that, after Gruden was gone and he's been more involved in the offense. So this is a number that's relatively still low enough that he should be able to achieve it. And if something happens to Jacobs and he misses even a few drives or a quarter, a number he should crush easily. And then Cole Beasley, because I can't quit you. I'll take a shot on Cole Beasley <laughs> as usual. Uh, 40 and a half. He has not hit this total in the last three games. He's dealing with that injury. He is getting a ton of targets and recep reception still. He's just not converting those into yards. So I think at some point he's going to be able to break that off. We just talked about the New Orleans secondary taking the ball away, but they are not very good. They give up a good amount of yards to opposing wide receivers. I think Cole Beasley is the benefactor here, and he gets well beyond this number. I think not only he beats it, but he kind of crushes it. So we will go ahead and take a look. I can well, while you're doing that, as a guy who rosters a lot of Cole Beasley in various formats and leagues, I would be. Thrilled. You're all for it, yeah. If you want to let the, if you want to, you speak and me that both, into brother. Universe, you and me both. Yeah, you want to yeah. speak that in the universe. I'll, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm worried about it though because of the return of Dawson Knox, and frankly, just Cole Beasley's insultingly low A dot. Yeah, <laughs> like it's those two things. Well, like so, the the big thing there is, I think he can break one. I hope. Like, yeah, that's what you're counting on. Yeah, exactly. All right, so let's look at these are our our, our favorite plays. Vashal, we will start with you as per the huge on our Thursday night show. Uh, so what what is your lock of the week here? Uh, let's go ahead and lock the over on Darnell Mooney. Um, I think again, this is just a so it's at fifty nine and a half right now, but it's close enough to what you had. Yeah, for sure. Again, I would take this maybe even twenty yards higher. I think it's just an easy over for him. Yep, uh, Mason, what do you got? Sorry, Jack. 
I'm going to go ahead and take David Montgomery over a rushing touchdown. And I feel really bad because we've been dragging our friend Jack's Detroit Lions for a little bit. You know, our, our buddy Matt Mercier, too. The, the, the Lions guys are probably not happy listening to this. But I was, I mean, they're used to it at this point, right? You can't say that this is anything new for them. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. really expecting you to take the Deshaun Jackson there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I really thought that's the way you were going to go from the conversation we had there, but that's okay. I, 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 you know, I don't want, want that to be the reason we lose a lot. I want exactly. to, but right. I wouldn't be able to yeah. sleep at night if I was the one that you the reason. hand our Oh, so you're just good with me from... being the reason every week. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. That's fine. Okay. I understand you, it. I get you it. carry the weight for the rest of the team. That's a burden that not everybody can take. I'm fragile. I have a fragile ego and I can't sure, take sure. that type of, that type of uh, disappointment. All right. Well, I'm going to take my guy. Does his own research, Cole Beasley, and uh, he is—he's going to be my. Over I've been calling him Delta variant, so that's actually the, uh, a lot kinder than what I've been calling him at the forty like, and a half. So there you go. So those are our locks of the week, confirmed, locked in. There is our ticket. Uh, so we will pull that back. All right. So again, if you are completely unfamiliar with what we just did and what we do, it's locked in. We do that every. Thursday during the Thursday night football halftime show, me, Vishal and Mason, our record is terrible. It's absolutely atrocious, but it is a great time. It started off a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. First couple of weeks, you guys were on fire and then God got involved. It felt like, because you just keep getting the hook. But, but we just have keep a great getting time. the hook over and it's, over. It's always good. You can play along with us on underdog. Uh, Patreon.com slash important nonsense. You get these guys uh, picks every week against the money line over unders. You guys are still crushing it on there doing a fantastic job. All the work that they do is in our $3 tier. If you sign up on our Patreon, you also get access to our discord. If you have never used underdog before, if you don't know how it works, you use promo code nonsense to sign up. And when you do that, they will double your deposit up to a hundred dollars. So if you deposit 50, they give you 50 for free just by using our promo code. But this week or today, Specifically today, I, it may be tomorrow as well, but I know for sure today, if you're already a customer, so if you are already playing along with us every week, if you're already you know watching along, playing along with Locked In every week, uh, they're doing a Thanksgiving special where anyone that's already a customer that deposits today specifically will get uh, the same bonus as the new people. So again, if you deposit up to $100, they will match you up to $100, whatever it is you deposit. So. There you go. Head on over to our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Do that. And if you're a first-time guy, uh, use our uh, promo code nonsense. We would really appreciate it. Guys, it was a pleasure. It was wonderful. Neil, any parting thoughts for the people out there? Sleep through that, Bears. Sleep in. If you don't have to get up and drive or, like, just, just sleep through that morning game. Set your picks. Set your lineups. Take a nap. Especially if you're on the West Coast like me, do not wake up at 9.30. Right. Not, yeah. Do not wake up don't, at 9.30 don't in the morning. Yeah. Mason and I, it's 10.30, and even I'm like, uh, I could sleep. I mean, I'm going to do it because I hate myself, but if you're a normal person, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you are not a glutton for punishment, yes. sleep in, relax. For those of you in like other time zones, you're probably already up doing stuff anyway. Work on cleaning the house up. Get the kids situated. Get dinner started. Do do something that isn't watch that game. Set your lineups. Set your props. Go do something else, and then just check in on it throughout the day. There, you do not need to watch. Only the most diehard, masochistic bear and lions fans should actually be watching that game 
it has no stakes and it will be painful to get through. That is my advice. And I hope everybody enjoys the time they get with their family or at a bare minimum tolerates it, given how your family actually works. <laughs> well, results may vary. Uh, Vishal, it sounds like you were piggybacking on that, but do you have any uh, parting thoughts for anybody? I uh, know. Just enjoy the, you know, long weekend, get your sleep in and, you know, hopefully you don't have to suffer like I will tomorrow morning. <laughs> Mason, are you going to not suffer like everybody else on this call? Apparently. I am completely comfortable <laughs> not watching the game at all. And I'm That's completely fair. comfortable checking the headlines after the game to figure out there exactly no what happened. That's the, beauty of it. <laughs> the, the only, if you get it, if you get a push notification that says, Matt Nagy's been fired. Don't worry. You didn't miss anything. So there you go. I love it. Uh, but again, thank you all for joining us. Like I said, there will be no show tomorrow. The guys will be back on Friday for your regular Friday show. It'll be Jack, Mike, and the nerd. Uh, so we look forward to that. Uh, thank you all for watching. And until next week, just keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!